Hello and thank you so much for tuning into the Education Burrito, podcast that unwraps the everyday challenges in learning and teaching in education, exploring the ins and outs and highs and lows and different pedagogy approaches, enhancing student engagement amongst everything in education. My name is Q Sum and each episode I'll be joined by special guests as we unwrap the Education Burrito. Hello, hello, hello. So how are we doing? Welcome to another Chimichaga Challenge. For those who are unaware, a Chimichaga Challenge is where I try to summarise a learning and teaching or a student engagement paper, but also saving you, our listeners, time to read the paper in full. So be sure to listen to the end if you want a summary of it. So are we ready? All right, let's do the countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7... Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, go, start. So the paper I've chosen today is by Doug Specht from the University of Westminster on Between the Office and the Coffee Shop, an examination of spaces used for research degree supervision. Over the last 20 years, a higher education has increasingly examined the spatial dimensions of the campus, with billions spent on buildings, especially since COVID, have invested it in virtual spaces. These developments of these spaces have been influenced by learning theories, thus pushing for more collaborative, student-centred learning spaces that is largely driven by the changing shape of many workplaces and a shift within higher education in practicality, emotions and symbolic roles. However, there is limited attention given to how these spaces affect doctoral supervision. Universities have gone through many changes in their teaching approaches. However, the supervision process remains a distinct pedagogical practice with the practice remaining resistant to change. For example, the supervision process is increasingly scrutinised, both pedagogically and administratively, with more research on how interdisciplinary supervision might work and the development quality of supervision. However, the spaces or locations in which these supervisions take place remain under-researched. The aim of this paper therefore explores the learning spaces before looking at the supervisory spaces and the relationships that they might foster using a small-scale UK study to address how supervision spaces might be reconsidered and improved. Firstly, transformed learning spaces. Spaces is widely used that covers the physical and metaphysical meanings. It is the relationship between physical spaces as well as social conceptualizations. For example, a room might be called an office because of what happens inside that space. Conversely, people act if they are in the office, even when they are not, because of the norms that they have connected to the space that they call the office. But interestingly, spaces for teaching and learning should never be thought as of vacuums that are transformed by use. Rather, the design and content of a learning space creates an environment that is conductive to learning and expression. Secondly, supervision spaces and relationships. With a wide range of learning spaces available to university staff, we would have expected that this would also be transformation in spatial thinking with regards to doctoral supervision. The process of supervision remains unchanged and can be characterised by intensive individual relationships. For example, the supervisor is the master and the student is the disciple. Thus, the student learns through observing the habits of their supervisor. However, this could also raise questions about its power dynamics within the process. Perhaps, under this model, the location of supervisory meetings might be moved from a formal setting of the office to more casual spaces such as the coffee shops and be more natural with both supervisors and supervisees on an equal playing field. 
previous work by Radcliffe et al. in 2008 frames the wide range of spaces that form parts of the university learning environment and interesting position cafes within a more reflective learning modality and on the peripheral of the campus community. In this paper, Figure 1 illustrates how the different spaces might relate to the learning modalities associated with supervision processes. The coffee shop referenced by previous study addressed that perhaps supervision in this environment is perhaps less of a break from the tradition supervision than a move towards a notion where it is becoming less formal, beginning to reject the master and disciple duality and allow for better collaboration but importantly signalling to the student that the supervisor has time, or in fact suggests the supervisor had endless time for the student, thus lending a sense that the supervisee's work is of enough importance for the supervisor to set time aside. Perhaps a supervision meeting over coffee might offer several things to different students. For example, a return to long philosophical conversations, or secondly, a move towards safe space, or even thirdly, a reduction in the pressures of conducting oneself due to the familiarity of the setting. This is not in any way to suggest that all meetings should move to coffee shops, but rather highlighting the different messages that different spaces may portray during a supervisory meeting. Thirdly, power relations. Spaces alone will not transform the supervisory relationship. Power relation can mean that, although space is familiar, how that space is produced as a learning environment can be heavily influenced by one part, potentially by the expense of the other. Therefore, giving attention to the supervisory relationship could help facilitate that. For example, move from a traditional hierarchy approach to a more horizontal approach, where the mentoring style become the prevailing pedagogical approach, driven by support and feedback. Power is a reoccurring topic in the literature on supervision and is attributed to various factors, including levels of experience, expertise and training. For example, mentors can be seen having two distinctive roles, the transfer of marketable and discipline-based skills, behaviours and attitudes, and secondly, the social and emotional interactions that facilitate the transfer of knowledge. However, the supervisor should be more concerned with helping the supervisee using the method of understanding and exploring. Power remains an integral part of any form of pedagogy and it is having the balance between informal and formal that is essential to create conditions for cooperation, cohesion and innovation. As such, the importance of social learning spaces on the university campus has grown and there is a wide range of spaces where meetings can be conducted. For within these new spaces, old mode of powers and relationships can still persist. Thus, the dynamic within the relationship is far greater than the learning space that makes a space an office or a coffee shop. The author in this paper further adds a short study that includes UK-based doctoral researchers on three close questions to capture information about the spaces in which supervision happens and to understand how students felt in each of those locations. Despite the brevity of the pre-pandemic results, data shows that most respondents had supervision meetings in their supervisor's office, where online and other university locations also being important. Full doctoral researchers were also more likely to have meetings in a cafe than those in the MPhil stages of their programme, which could suggest that this kind of availability from the supervisor could lead to more pure relationship as opposed to the office-based exchanges. These third spaces, characterised by their informality, are then perhaps not utilised to the extent that might have been imagined when considering the higher education shift towards shared learning spaces in other aspects of teaching. 
For example, this could be interpreted as being further alienated from the institution or the fact that some students they had all or most of their supervisions online. What's interesting was that some students, specifically females, did not feel comfortable meeting outside the university, which could raise ethical and safeguarding concerns. Some students shared despite meeting in, for example, coffee shops would bring the informalities between supervisor and the student. These spaces could also be difficult to maintain a more tradition master-disciple relationship and professionalism, especially when the noise factor can be an issue. Yet, conversely, meeting in the office could have negative effects, especially when it is open plan office and with the student feeling uncomfortable about intruding on their workspace. This paper nevertheless draws out the conversation on how space and location can affect doctoral supervision, whether affecting the supervisor and student-supervisory relationship and or the pastoral care and the feeling of being isolated from the rest of the university. However, the author highlighted how it all draws back to the issue about how trust, development, questioning and power can be resolved by changing the supervisory location to further support doctoral researchers. And that's it. So if you found this paper interesting, please do and read the whole paper yourself. Details are in the show notes. Hope you enjoy listening as much as I try to summarise this paper. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast and be sure to like it and share it on social media so you can come back to and listen to another episode. Thank you so much for your time and tuning into the Education Burrito. Join us next time as we unwrap the ins and the outs and the highs and the lows of learning and teaching in the Education Burrito. Chimichaga out.